Well, today we are celebrating the, the theme of peace that comes with the, the coming of Jesus. But as I was thinking about um, the idea of peace coming into our lives this week, I decided to do uh, just a real quick Google search of the phrase peace in my life. When I pulled up that Google search, I found 1.48 billion results on Google. Think about that. 1.48 billion Google results to the search key terms, peace in my life. That's wild. And I mean, there is everybody writing on this subject, from Oprah to counseling centers to lifestyle bloggers to business magazines and articles. There are so many people trying to address the question of how do we have peace in our lives. And if there's that many people writing about it, how many more people are asking the question? Because very few people are actually the ones to go ahead and write on a subject. Very more often, we're willing to ask the question. And so I decided to just skim through some of the results, some of the top sort of page and a half. I just clicked on it and looked for sort of some of the, the popular suggestions. Most of them were, how do I have peace in my life. And these are the results that were sort of the most popular. Practice meditation. Take a break from social media or media altogether. Write a gratitude list. Make love to your spouse. Change your job. Get rid of a few of those friends. Get enough sleep. Eat some good food. Take time to pet your pets. These are all things that came up, and it was said that if you practice them, you will find peace. And you know what, actually, all those things are true. They're all true to a degree, and they're backed by scientific benefit. From releasing endorphins to calming your sympathetic nervous system to some psychological benefits of removing toxic people or situations, there is an ability to come to some level of physical and emotional rest. But where they all agreed, all these articles I read, were that none of these would truly bring peace. These are avenues to provide moments, avenues to provide seconds where people can find some rest. But unfortunately, as many of these articles read, they said we don't actually have a place to bring you fully to peace. But today I want us to look at the avenue where we can find peace and where we can actually be bringers of that kind of rest. If you have a Bible with you today, I would love for you to join me in Luke chapter 2. This is sort of our quintessential Christmas text. If you've grown up in the church, you're very familiar with it because we look at it every year. But I sort of want us to look at it with some fresh eyes today and just hear from some people, and most importantly, hear from God about where we can find peace and rest. And to, to find that, let's first step back and just sort of consider where we're entering into. We're partway into the Christmas story. We've gone through, if we were to read all of Luke, uh, Mary and Joseph and what's happened with them, and now we've sort of zoomed out to the scene outside of Bethlehem, where some shepherds are sitting at the end of a long, hard work day. They've spent 
uh, probably 12 plus hours leading their sheep around, potentially defending them from some type of uh, predator or making sure these dumb sheep don't hurt themselves. And they've brought them to this place where they've corralled them around to give them some evening rest. And in all likelihood, the shepherds that we find would have been a group of guys who have committed themselves together, who have wrangled together and then decided to spend the night with one another so they can defend the sheep at night together, but also so that they can find some rest. And so it's in all likelihood that they're probably sitting around a, a small campfire, finally taking the opportunity to br eat some of the food that they've had, and perhaps they're uh, having a drink and telling a joke and maybe if they've known each other a while talking about their hopes and dreams and and so we see that it's sort of a serene scene as these individuals sort of watch over but then the scene becomes not so peaceful but it also comes with a proclamation of peace that will come and so if you got your bible luke chapter 2 i'm going to read verses 8 to 15. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were terrified. No more peace. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the down of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels saying, Praise God, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels left and went into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I mean, I want us to, to really consider that for a moment. Think, think of this scene, you're at the end of your workday, we've all been there where you're exhausted, you finally have a moment of rest, whether you're hanging out with friends or family and you're just like, Whew. and bam. This angel appears before you. All of a sudden, there's, there's the glory of God shining all around. And we're told in the Old Testament, when we read about people like Moses who encountered, that this is something that changes everything about you. The glory of God shines around, and then not only does one angel appear, but then suddenly behind him a whole host, meaning a whole company, a whole army division of angels appears behind them and says, Good news! We've come to tell you about peace. That's a pretty wild statement. I mean, if it was me, I'd probably be checking to make sure I hadn't soiled myself, then going to my cup of tea to see what my friend had put in it, and then, after I reconciled all that, I might be going, what could this mean? What could this really be? I mean, this is an altering statement, not just for those shepherds but for as the angel said all on earth with whom god's favor rests and so we see that from that moment the shepherds get up they turn to one another they say let's go see what this is all about and they head 
to Bethlehem. Now, I can do a little bit of justice about this story, but I want us to hear about this from a different perspective today. I want us to actually hear what it would feel like for someone who was a shepherd in Bethlehem. And so in a moment here, we're going to watch a video that came out in 2012. And this video is uh, an interview or a series of interviews that take place in Bethlehem where people have been asked, what does this Christmas story, what does Jesus as the Prince of Peace mean for you today? So let's watch this video. It's pretty powerful when you get to hear and to see people from all sorts of walks of life, very different from our own refugees, the poor women who are activists for women to have safety in countries where they don't face it, people who are experiencing poverty, they can all find a piece of rest because they can recognize that they have a king. They can recognize that they have a priest who intercedes for them. They can recognize that there was one who would suffer for them, meaning that they could experience both peace in their lives and outside of themselves. This message is true just as it was for them in 2012, just as it was for the shepherds on that first Christmas Eve where they experience the presence of the angels. Whether we're doing financially or we're struggling with interest rate changes, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Whether we're in a healthy relationship or a broken one or we're in none at all and long for one, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. It doesn't matter if you try to breathe it out. It doesn't matter how you try to deal with your work situation. It doesn't matter whether you try to find your rest. If it's not found in Jesus, it's not going to work out. But the good news is there's a path to peace. There's a place for you to be able to come and find rest. If those individuals facing all that can find peace... I think those of us who are doing quite a bit better have opportunity to find some real good rest. Jesus being the Prince of Peace is what Christmas is really all about. When we celebrate Christmas, we have a racial system where we have to slaughter animals and try to take care of every sin that we've done so that we can be re reconciled with God. When we celebrate Christmas, we, we celebrate the fact that there is a God who can take all of our anxiety and all of our, our lack of peace and we can place it upon him and he can deal with it because he's the God of the living and the dead. We celebrate that even though we have this inner desire, this inner aspiration to solve things on our own, we know that we won't find rest because we can't do it by ourselves. And so we have peace knowing that the one who can deliver God into our lives is God himself. And he was born in Bethlehem. You and I were all meant to live at peace. We see when God created the world, he designed it to be good. A place of shalom, a place of peace and harmony with him with others, with all of creation. But because of our unhealth, because of our sin that we interjected into the world, there was brokenness. And because of that brokenness, things are no longer righteous. Things are no longer right with God. And so God sent himself to bring peace to that, to bring rest. 
But the, pre- the peace that Jesus brings is about more than just this, this idea of, it's about a deep inner peace that extends into all relationships of life. It has the ability to supersede 12 meter high walls in the sky that divide families. It has the ability to supersede anything that you or I face that's causing that turmoil in our lives. Well, some of the writers that I read on Google this week said, find peace within yourself. The truth is that peace doesn't come from within ourselves. It can be found in us in the presence of the Holy Spirit, but that only comes from first finding peace from without. Peace that only God can provide from entering into relationship with him. I love the line in the video. It's said by the woman, Raina, who was the woman's activist. She said, the Prince of Peace being born in the most troubled land on earth It has like a significance, maybe. I think it absolutely does. I think it absolutely was a God-orchestrated plan from the very beginning that God would say, hey, I'm going to enter into your mess. I'm going to enter into the place where my people who have been following me for generations have screwed it up time and time again. I'm going to enter into the world into a place where I know there will continue to be no rest. The Palestinian Jewish problems at the borders, the the turmoil that takes place in that land from many different religions calling it their homeland. I, I think this woman was right when she saw this because she looked through the scriptures and realized what God had planned. That though we celebrate Christmas as this beautiful sort of serene scene, we often Picture it, right? The cute kids' Christmas play where there's Mary and Joseph and, and, and baby Jesus there. And even as we sing, we, see, we sing, uh, no crying he made, right? We, we, we picture that, but that's not the reality. He came into a place of disrest. And he came to live not an easy life, but one that was deeply troubled. He was born in less than ideal conditions. He was born where there was no room for him. And so he's born into what would have been much like that animal trough we saw the individual uh, fill up. He experienced the life like those refugees when his father heard that Herod would be out to kill Jesus. He picked his, his family and he fled to Egypt to live as refugees until they could return home. And then as they returned home, as he grew up, he was constantly misunderstood. We know that even his brothers, the ones who grew up with him, even his family, the ones who had been given visions from God about who he would be, were conflicted in understanding him. Misunderstood, abused, constantly challenged by all those who would confront him as the Prince of Peace. In the end of his life, He was mocked, beaten, flogged, and experienced torture until the point of death. Jesus lived a life with no peace, a life filled with suffering and challenges. Why? So that we can find peace and rest. God wanted to experience all that we would face, much worse than any of us will ever go through, because he wanted to identify with us. He wanted to provide a path through that to a place of rest. It's why so many of us love the 23rd Psalm, right? 
We love the, the, the imagery that God leads us between quiet waters. We love the imagery by the, of that he restores our souls, that he sets up a table for us in the midst of a battle with our enemies. We love that he walks with us through the shadow of death. We love that he fills up our cup until it overflows. We love those things because it's the image of rest, of peace, of the shalom that God designed for us. And so that's the exciting news about the declaration of the angels. The angels said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth now, because Jesus has come. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. As I consider that, I interpret it sort of to say, uh, glory to God because God has extended his peace in the midst of your unrest because he loves you. You know, we could spend hours poring over the internet, reading articles, watching YouTube videos, seeking all sorts of gurus for an answer to peace and rest. And while that's a worthwhile search because we're looking for answers we need, it's going to end up for you with nothing less than Jesus. Romans 5.1 says, Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The night, that Jesus, the night before Jesus died, he, he, he said something along the lines of bringing peace and rest. He said, Peace I want to leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't want to give to you as the world gives so don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I want to provide you peace and rest. What a beautiful gift. What a beautiful gift that Jesus brings. What, what, what a message would he give to his followers before he experienced death. Before he went through all that he would have to endure, where he would have no peace. We see even as he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He's so torn and distraught by anxiety that he bleeds within his sweat but he says don't worry that's for me i'm going to take on all that trouble and instead what i'm going to do is i'm going to give you another breath and in that breath i'm going to extend to you my holy spirit who will be with you he will guide you he will give you an opportunity to find rest he gives us this invitation if we want to find peace inside of our lives because he says, I'm here for you. You just need to follow me and find peace here within my breath. Now, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity for all of us to experience peace. First and foremost, it's from following Jesus. If you're here today and you're, you're, you're not yet a follower of Jesus, you need to hear clearly the only place that you will find peace and rest is in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything else will have a burden. Everything else will provide for a little while, but everything will fall short because it's not God. But God has said, I've come to give you a better way. I've come to give you a relationship with me. And then as you follow me, you will begin to experience peace. The first part of peace is that we know what comes after death. We know because Jesus died and rose again and ascended to heaven that there's life after death. We know that there's something for us spiritually if we follow him. And so Jesus says, I want to give you peace 
spiritually. But he also says, I want to give you peace emotionally. A lot of us want to experience a lot of peace because we live in a world fraught with anxiety. Our experience weighs us heavy because of whatever it is, whether it's relationships, whether it's finance, whether it's career, whether it's, uh, you know, all sorts of things. We, we, we find that we have this welling up within us. We face uncertainty day to day. And Jesus says, I can take on that. Actually, one of Jesus' best friends, the Apostle Peter, says, you can cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's a pretty incredible thing. When you know the life of Peter, you know that his life was fraught with anxiety. Even the times where Peter tried to do the best thing, where he tried to step out in faith and he tried to follow Jesus, we see that time and time again he panics. Ah, Jesus, you're performing this miracle I'm a part of, but I can't keep my eyes on you because I'm so worried about what's going on. And he sinks. When Jesus comes and, and he says, you guys tonight are going to abandon me, Peter goes, no, I'm, I'm brave today, Jesus. I'm going to do this. And then as soon as he encounters even a little girl, <laughs> even a person by a fire, he panics. How am I going to do this? The guy I follow, my friend, he's, he's up for trial. I could die because of him. Even though he's on his way to death, even though I said I would stand by him, I'm out. Peter knew this anxiety, but when he saw not just Jesus' death, but resurrection, he knew this guy has the power to take on death, which means that I can take all my anxiety. I can take all my burden. I can take all my pain, and I can give it over to him. For a man who experienced a whole lot of fear, if you want to read, read the Gospels. Read about the fear of Peter time and time again. You see that he goes from that moment, and when Jesus is resurrected from his dead, his whole life changes. He goes out and he lives on fire for Jesus. He pushes through to the point of his very own martyrdom because he knows that he can give over all of his anxiety because he can find peace and rest in the person of Jesus. This is a boldness we need to come to. This is a gift that God has extended to me and to you. If you are a person who finds anxiety, look to what that baby who we picture so serene could do for you. There's an invitation to peace with God, to restored relationship with him, to an internal peace, to deal with what we've got going on emotionally, but then also to a peace that extends beyond ourselves towards others. Our lives are full of conflict, right? Anyone not experiencing interpersonal conflict with somebody right now in your life? None, right? None of us. We're all full of conflict with others. And it feels like, to me, the last couple of years has heightened that through the pandemic, through all the stuff that's happening politically, through what's going on economically, how things are happening socially. We're seeing that, that there's this rise in conflict. I'm not saying we're the most conflict that has ever been for all people in all places through all of time, but in my experience of time now, this is the worst that's ever been for us. Conflict, anger, hate, 
families divided, states of everyone being in this sort of agitation, everyone being angry and showing their aggression. We can't have civil discourse. We can't have nice family dinners without there being some type of unrest. We all know people who over the last couple of years have experienced a broken relationship or two. Maybe you've even found that firsthand. So we know no doubt that peace is needed. But there's this message from God that he gives through his Apostle Paul that peace with him should also mean peace with others. Listen to what Paul has to say. He says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's actually an invitation in to what Jesus talks about. If you remember the Sermon on the Mount, we see that time and time again, Jesus speaks into things that provide harmony between people. It's not to say that there will be harmony with people and peace in your life from the other side, but there is an opportunity if you follow in the way of Jesus, if you experience his presence in your life, for you to experience peace on your side. You know, as a father, one of the things that kills me most is when my kids fight. Any other parents feel that? Like when your kids are going at it with one another, you're just like, ah, this drives me crazy. And it drives me crazy because I love both of them. And I want better for them. And I want their lives to be more peaceful than my own. And so my heart breaks when my girls fight. And oftentimes what I have to do is I have to kind of come in and sometimes I intervene in the moment. Sometimes it's coming to them afterwards and and we have to have that conversation. I want them to understand how important it is for them to love one another, for them to have unity as as a family. And so in taking time to do this, I want them to experience peace. I want them to experience what God has blessed us with. And that's actually a gift for for us as we walk alongside our children in that. But, but God wants it to be for more than just fam, for parents with kids. He wants it to be for all of us. When the angels spoke, they said, peace on earth. Peace on earth for all of mankind. I know it's hard to do, but I just want you to picture it. Picture what peace on earth could look like. What would it look like if we all strived to live the way a good father would want his kids to live? What would it look like for us to experience the peace that God has brought to earth? If we all tried to extend that. Imagine your Christmas gathering that you're dreading with your family this season. Imagine what that could look like. Imagine what that conversation what those co-workers could be, even though you know you've lived in strife with them. Imagine what it could look like with that friend who you just have antagonism towards since all of this political conflict has taken place lately. Imagine what that could be. That's what God wants for our reality. This isn't just some empty promise. It's actually something that he's working towards building. It's something that he has in store for all of us. What he offered us through the cross as the Prince of Peace is what he's going to build on. 
what he's going to bring into fruition. We're told that God's going to come again one day and he's going to restore shalom to heaven and to earth so that we would all live in peace. But in the meantime, he says, I want you to take part with me. I want you as best as you can to live in harmony with one another. It doesn't mean we agree with everyone on every subject. It doesn't mean that we see eye to eye, but he wants us to extend peace even where we disagree, even where we find unrest, even where we have tension. And again, that's a gift. You know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, the things that God calls us to. And it's really challenging. I don't know if you ever feel this way. Sometimes I feel like this as a pastor when I get up time and time again on a Sunday. Sometimes I feel like I'm like beating up the church. Um, right? I'm like, we're not doing this well enough. We're, we're missing out on this. We're, could we just do this, you guys? Like, it would be so awesome if. But what I realize as I wrestle with God in this is that it's not actually beating us up. The Word of God wasn't given to us to, to kick us while we're down. It wasn't meant to bring us shame and guilt. It wasn't meant to bring us unrest. God says, I am the Prince of Peace. I'm here to give you the rest you need in the depth of your heart your mind, and your soul. And so when he invites us in, when he says, I want you to do this, to be like me, it's not meant to end at that point where we go, wow, I'm so away from God. That's the beginning. The beginning is, man, I have fallen so short of God. That's supposed to lead us to go, how amazing is he then? But then it's not even just supposed to end there. It's supposed to come into this place where we get to go, Actually, if I try to be like him, I get to know him better. I get to experience him more. Because as we try to do the things that Jesus did, as we try to live out a personal experience as close as we can to him, knowing we'll never make it, he says, now you get to know my heart. Now you get to know what I've gone through for you. Now you get to know what I'm willing to endure to have a close and intimate relationship with people who started off as my enemy. Now you get to experience the blessing of what it looks like to live as a peaceful person. You get to experience a taste of what life is like in me. And so that kind of brings us this full circle to this place of trying to find peace inside. It all begins with a relationship that we enter into with God because of his death and sacrifice. And we're told if we put our faith and trust in him, we have a path to eternal life. And then it moves on to this place where next we can go, okay, God, now I'm going to take out all that other stuff that stands in the way for me allowing you to live on the throne of my life and bring that peace inside. And we get to dump it on him, cast everything, dump everything on him because he loves you and then he says as you do that what i want you to do is practice the very same thing that i'm offering you so that you can find that internal rest so that you can experience what the peace looks like so you can know what it takes yes so that you can see where you fall short so you turn to me yes but also so you can find a deep internal rest jesus once said blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. That's an incredible invitation. We, are, we, we know 
intellectually if we've been followers of Jesus. We know that we're made in the image of God, that we have God's likeness on us. But when we practice it, we get to experience what it's truly like to be part of a healthy family, one that doesn't fight around the dinner table, one where there's peace and rest, comfort and joy embodied in the love of the one who loves us. So church, my hope is that this week, if you haven't yet put your trust in him, that you would do that and you'd begin to find peace and rest. If you find yourself bottled up with anxiety, which a lot of us will in this week leading up to Christmas, that you'll remember to stop and say, hey, I'm going to take what's going on inside and I'm going to give it over to him. I'm going to trust in him like Peter did. I'm going to experience the freedom that Peter had to release all that to him. And then would we go and offer this peace in tension? Go to someone this week, maybe, who you're having some tension and conflict with and just say, hey, Jesus, I need you now. because we will, but I want to experience you now as I extend this peace towards someone else. And then when the love of God, with the peace of God, with a wholeness with him, consume your heart, and would you experience the peace of this Advent season? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for an invitation in. God, I thank you that you invite us to a place to receive what we also desperately need. God, I know in this room there's a lot of stories of pain. There's a lot of story of anxiety. There's a lot of story of frustration and anger and hurt and upset. Lord God, I pray that this place wouldn't be a place and we wouldn't be a people who hold on to that. But Lord God, would every single one of us be willing to, to, to lay that anxiety, that pain, that anger, that frustration, that bitterness at the foot of the cross so we can experience your peace. God, we thank you for what you had to endure so that we could have that. And Lord, we glorify you for that. We praise you for that. We thank you for your generosity. But Lord God, now would we take up your generosity as well? Would we be willing to put ourselves in as peacemakers so that we can know who you are a little bit more? So we could draw deeper into your peace and rest. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you extend that to us. So Lord God, now as we turn our our hearts to praise you through song as we consider where we will go this week, as we do everything that we need to do, as we bring uh, gifts to our Ukrainian friends and family, Lord God, will we go and be peacemakers and find our rest in you and recognize that you are the center of it all. We thank you for this all, Jesus. We thank you for your love and we pray in your powerful name. Amen.